listening to A to the K. 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 Talk Podcast. Check it out. Change your life. You'll be thanking me later. And now for this week in wrestling. Carl, would you like to kick us off with the Raw Reports? Yes, I'm trying to give it a name. <laughs> the Raw Report. So, on the show this week, Anthony, we have Randy Orton addressing his win over Drew McIntyre last week. We had Kevin Owens taking on Alistair Black in a no-disqualification match, hopefully ending their feud. It did not end Kevin Owen, <laughs> Kevin Owens winning the match. Uh, we had an episode of The Miz TV, not The Dirt Sheet. Interesting, yeah. Weirdly enough, um, with both Miz and Morrison, but still Miz TV, um, with the guests being Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. So you can imagine it was hella entertaining. Oh, yeah. Like, how could you, like, that is just such, I mean, there must have been so much humor there, so much much. passion, you know. Yeah. What a great segment. Everything, Anthony, had everything except for. I mean, you could have just ended the night there, you know. Exactly. Um, We had a triple threat match with Seth Rollins. Taking on AJ Styles, taking on Jeff Hardy. What was Raw this week? What was Raw this okay. week? Random as fuck. Oh, fuck, yeah. Random. Um, <laughs> we had Lana and Natalia taking on the newly formed tag team of Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. If you've got a tag team name for them, let them know because they're asking people on Twitter. So let them know. I thought the plastics didn't go down too well. <laughs> um, then I we wish. had <laughs> Angel Garza taking on Andrade. Angel Garza pick up the win. We had the tag titles on the line with the New Day taking on Rude and Ziggler. I, just, I wonder who was going to win. Yeah. Uh, shockingly, it was... Th- um, then we had Cedric taking on Ricochet in a, with a cut ties oh. stipulation, Anthony. Okay. So basically, Ricochet was like, you know what? If I beat you, you can stop beating me up, guys. And so, yeah. <laughs> and that worked. And yeah, yeah. So the See, this is this is the way. difference between hair business and retribution. Hair business yeah. follow the rules. Retribution would still exactly. beat them up. They don't exactly. Care. They're crazy. As long as long as they're on their contracted show. Of course, of course. They're not outside the you know contractual obligation. Yeah, no. and and they don't already hate Raw because you know if you hate <laughs> WWE, then they're gonna be your mate apparently. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No flaws mm. in the logic. Yeah. Um, and the. Show ended, Anthony, with a number one contenders women's battle royal. To, to be, be fair, fair the biggest yes. shock of the night. It was the biggest shock of the night. Who uh, who wins it? Lana. I guess going through eighteen tables in the space of about four weeks. Do you know what? I, this never made it to the news, Carl. Right, before before you go into highlights and shades, this never made it into the news. But apparently, that was WWE booking Lana in a in a face ten. That was her turning face being smashed through tables for four weeks and then winning this. <laughs> She's still on her face. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Ask is still the face, right? No, no. Apparently, this is them booking Lana to become face. Lana she's could never be a face if her life depended on it. So, yeah, that's terrible. But that's what it. That's 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 apparently the way this is going. That's why they had that falling out with Natty, and Natty was a bit of a git with her. And she ultimately won that battle royal, and but she got squashed through tables for weeks. So we became sympathetic to her, all with a, a means to getting behind Lana. And um and and you know being all for her taking the win. She's not gonna win. <laughs> if she wins, I, I'm shocked. I'll, I'm not gonna say I'll eat my hat. I say that too much. But yeah, come on. You still got you still got problem like tummy problems. Haven't you? Yeah, it's it's not good. The last the last. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So weird, weird as fuck. Uh, but in terms of the highlights for this show, Anthony, 
So feel free to challenge any of these. But in my opinion, it was quite a solid opening. No. Very competitive, for sure. <laughs> but um, I don't know. It feels like the feud is finally ending now between Orton and McIntyre. Um, Orton ca- kind of came out. This time it was in the ring as opposed to backstage. But he said, you know what? Um, the win last week was a, a sign of things to come. Um, and you know what? It's going to be the same going to hell in a cell. Drew comes out and says, you know what? The Orton, you're the first to pin me uh, in a year. And I'm not going to wait till Sunday. Nice bit of a brawl. And Randy Orton runs away. I thought it was all right. Repetitive, sure. But still, I thought it was all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, I'm kind of like, let's just get this done and dusted now. But yeah, fair enough. Um, so the next highlight, we have a... The triple threat, um, I thought was was really, really good. So we had, um, obviously, Seth Rollins taking on some new competition for once in his fucking life. It wasn't just the Mysterios. Thankfully, he's free of that feud, or not, um, as we'll come on to in SmackDown. But yeah, so it was good to see Seth face anybody outside of a Mysterio um, this mm. week. So I thought he was really good. AJ Styles was incredible, as he always of is. Of course, yeah. An amazing show, and again for him. And then what happens? We have another surprise, Anthony. And in this instance, it was Elias making a surprise return. Um, and he twats Jeff Hardy over the head with his guitar. Yeah. Um, okay. Setting up AJ for the win. So is that, is that because, like, does he blame Jeff for what happened? So apparently so. So I think he was interviewed later on in the night. And he said, I've not forgotten. I know it was Jeff who hit me with, with, with his car. And it's like, oh, dude, everyone knows it was Seamus. <laughs> didn't, didn't he, like, sort of prove that as well mm. yeah it feels like he's not been watching Smackdown while he's been off it's true very true mm. um, so not the best showing but you know what I am happy to have Elias back I'm a big Elias fan um, so great to see him again oh yeah and then the final highlight of the night um, was the actual tag team title match um, I thought it was really good to see great that Xavier Woods is back um, I thought he really shone in this one um, yeah Obviously, the outcome, as we said beforehand, was very predictable. I don't think there was any <laughs> any question New Day wouldn't go on to win it. Um, but you know what? It was just great to see. Um, a bit weird. I did kind of like the whole like um, them dressed as security thing to take the piss out of Randy Orton the previous week and stuff. But mm. um, yeah, I thought it was really good, really solid match. And I'm glad to see Xavier Woods back. And interesting that him and Kofi are going to be doing a tag title with them. Yeah. It's um, no, I'm. I think um, Xavier was really coming into his own anyway, and sadly was sidelined with that injury. So um, mm. I made up seeing him back in the ring, and um, he can only it can only be good. Yeah, same. Still a bit perplexed that they're splitting New Day up as a trio. They obviously want to but, give Biggie his own kind of singles run. He's obviously the biggest uh, of the group. He's obviously mm. it's his favorite. So yeah, that's... it's just whether you know the shine goes off the apple and then he gets mid carded to fuck like Sheamus and. He was better off <clears> than the new day. That's that's the brilliant path. Entirely possible, but at least he's always got that to fall back on potentially. And no offense to Seamus, though he has got like tons more personality, so maybe that'll help. True. True. So in terms of the O'Shite Anthony, we mentioned it before. Miss TV was fucking awful. Um Firstly, yeah. why was it Miss TV? <laughs> it should have been, should have been the dirt sheet because yeah. it was. It's such a ni- I feel like someone's gone. Ah, oh, shit! We've uh, we've deleted the yeah. uh, the graphics for the dirt sheet, <laughs> so they've just worked with what they had. Entirely possible. Or um, Vince is on like his other budget cuts again. He's like, no, you're going to turn the W upside down like you used to and save me a fucking fortune, right? <laughs> I mean, again, these are all viable options. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so I thought, you know, Miz and Morrison were fine. Like, they've been pretty shit on SmackDown, but I thought they were okay here on Raw. I thought, you know, they were entertaining to a degree. It was, it was you know, I've always been a big fan of, of the pair of them, and I think they're quite good together. So it was good to see them do a slightly different approach this time, but it's, it's, it's as you expect now of the pair of them. But unfortunately, the guests that they brought on, um, they can't fucking talk. So why bring on... Two fucking people to a talk show who can't talk. They were fluffing yeah. all of the lines. It was really fucking bad. It was like awful. Like Mandy Rose just like Dana Brooke was, was the biggest fluff. She just couldn't say anything. Mandy Rose was trying to she was she was better than I thought she would be, but at the same time just didn't land anything with conviction. She was like, Don't even get me started on you, Miz, because of what you did to me with Otis. <laughs> with Otis. <laughs> yeah, and it was like okay. Um, um, so. <laughs> I mean, but what you're telling me there is, Carl, like they're not particularly great in the ring, and they're not particularly great on the mic. Why are they there? Well, Anthony, they basically Vince fancies them, so that's oh okay. Because um, they have uh, really big personalities, really big personalities, and lips and teeth, and some other things. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that happened. And then um, what what happens next? Obviously, Natty and Lana come out. The, Naturally. The amazing tag team that they are. And a brawl erupts. And, and you know what? Like They're such an, a long-standing, endearing tag team. You know They've been together <laughs> for decades and they're such good friends. I really hope nothing happens. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, where, where do you expect to go from a segment like this? You've had a talk show segment and it's like, you know, Miz and Morrison. You've had... Um, you know, fucking Natty and Lana come out. Obviously, the guests were Dana and Mandy. You know, where does it go from there? Well, Lars Sullivan comes out, obviously, and uh, the Miz runs away and he batters John Morrison. So that, that okay, that happened. Um, but, and do you know what? Lars, he called him a freak, Anthony. What? A freak. And it wasn't just once. No? About 24 times. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's he is a freak. That a is interesting. Freak. A super freak. That's super freaky. It is super freaky. <laughs> but yeah, we will come on to that as well. Um, so I also thought the setup to the triple threat was pretty shit. So Jeff Hardy, we know he's bad on the mic. This was another example of that. He's um, bad on everything, Carl. <laughs> Just because he's on. willing to throw himself off big things. You hate him, him good. but at the same time, you know, I've still got a bit, uh, you know, a bit of No, no, unpopular that. opinion here, Carl. Just because you met him. Right, unpopular opinion. <laughs> Being willing to jump off high things doesn't make you a wrestler any more than it made Shane a wrestler. All right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. um, even I, I know for, I'm being too unfair. For okay. whatever he's reason, had, he's had a ton of experience in the I'm not going to be mean. For whatever uh, reason, trying. he's always been over with the fans, and it's just it's a shame because for whatever reason, whether whether he's always been this bad or whether he's just like particularly worse now, he's just he's so bad on the mic. Um, you know, he's never been the strongest of talkers, but this this one was just particularly terrible. Seth was fine. You know, he came out, was like, no one can fill my shoes. I've gone to SmackDown, but you know what? You know, I'm, I'm still the Monday Night Messiah. No one's going to be able to take over what I've done. AJ comes out, makes a terrible fucking lame, like, oh, Jeff Hardy, you're drunk, you know, kind of joke. And it was like, okay. <laughs> that was, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, we haven't heard that before. Um, have, you, have you heard the rumour? And again, probably should have made the news, but we heard the rumor that AJ is going to get a bodyguard. <laughs> no. And his bodyguard's going to be that really tall fellow who hung around Shane for a while. 
Yeah, I don't know. Be, Can't remember better his name. Not be. I, I, I kid you not. The suggestion is he might get a bodyguard. I don't know if it's the same. For, sorry, apologies, because they cited him as the uh, the really tall ninja of Tazawa's ninjas, but I think it's the same fella, isn't it? Is he? Yeah, I didn't even make that connection. I believe so. Um, I could be wrong, but it's technically they when I read it, it they were saying it was the tall ninja, but I'm confident he's also the. He you know what? The I did. Machine. I did wonder where the, where the tall ninja went. It would it would make sense if he was the same tall guy at uh, the entrance, but. Um, do you know what made this this whole segment worse though, Anthony? And I said Jeff Jeff was bad on the mic, but um, basically after this whole fucking stuff happened, they got this little brawl and stuff. Jeff was on the mic and he was like, "Do you know what? I want a triple threat tag team match right now." And it was like, "What the fuck? Are you drunk?" <laughs> like, okay, what? okay. That's, like, let's I know that's Jeff. Tag team guy for fucking ages, but really, you fucking idiot. That was so bad. <laughs> so bad. And he kept running to the um, corner for a tag every five minutes. It was weird. <laughs> Speaking of awful, Anthony, the women's tag match was awful. Terrible. Yeah, it was going After be. the match, as mm-hmm. you said um, previously, Natty comes out and she's like, you know what, Lana? You know, you're stupid. I'm done with this tag team. And Lana, you know... Oh, so visceral, so visceral. You're stupid. So visceral. You're <laughs> stupid. Um, she's done with it. And you know what, Lana, being the incredible actress that she is, did a terrible rendition of someone who was very up. Um, so that happened as well. And then, Anthony, do you know what? After the previous week, um, where, you know, Gaza and Andrade were competing for tag team gold and Zelina, you know, her, her going and stuff was like the reincarnation of them as a tag team. They're done now, apparently. Do you know oh, what? they're done, like, done. Yeah. They're done, done. Like, it's okay. a point where it's like, okay. Um, they're now fighting each other. And it's like, right, okay. Okay. What? How did we get to here? Um, but yeah, so, you know, forget the fact that they were ta- like challenging for the tag titles like the previous week and forget, you know, how we got from there to here. This, this is the circumstances we faced. Um, <laughs> but you know what makes it more interesting? Selena, who dumped them publicly weeks ago, was sat there on commentary because of her contractual obligations as apparently she was. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but after this match, she's totally done. Or at least she thought she was done anyway. Um, but, you know, whatever. Um, I'm not being funny, but why Why does her contract, you know, make, make it ob- like an obligation for her to be on commentary? That, that's not in your yeah. contract, love. So, no. right, that didn't make sense. But anyway, Gaza wins. Um, and you know what, Selena, she still cares. She still cares, Anthony, about, uh, about Andrade. Of course. And, you know, fuck, fuck Gaza now, but she still cares about Andrade. And so she gets in the ring and she's all there just like, oh, you know... We had some good times, didn't we, buddy old pal? And then Alexa and The Fiend turn up. Almost as if, as we know, they really don't like Andrade or Zelina. Well, exactly. You know, it's almost like they've just been drafted to Raw and they needed a random man and woman to beat up on the show. So, oh, yeah, you know, maybe that was it's it. almost like that, but obviously, it was much more well thought out than what, yeah. No, it's it's been in the works for months, you know, yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, well, do you know what? <laughs> and this is me being super pedantic, but do you know what pisses me off, Anthony? And it does piss me off, and I know it's wrestling, right? But and this is not a slight on uh, Zelina by any, any, like any stretch of the imagination, but. Why did they book things in such a way where, right, Andrade has been through a match, he's been battered, whatever. The Fiend picks him up and he's got him ready for the Sister Abigail and he stood there for ages. Like right? 20 minutes, yeah. Zelina. Take your time, love. Super fresh off commentary. Like, oh, my boy, Andrade, you okay, you okay? The next minute, Alexa's there and she's going to do it too. And Zelina just, 
lies there just waiting to be beat up. Yeah. And it's like, are you fucking stupid? Like, you know, like, what are you doing, love? Like, I'm with you. I've had. I've had, it's not similar, but it is, but I've had similar complaints like when um, Alistair Black was um, going to do the Black Mass on Kevin Owens out of nowhere on the KO show and Kevin Owens had to like stay there on his knees for like 10 minutes and I'm like, why didn't you just, like, the timing was too wrong, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they need to make it look at least slightly realistic. Like, why would you just wait for that to happen? Like, he's just there like caught in the system. I'm going, well, there's just no way out of this. There's absolutely no way out of this. I'm just going to have to let it happen. What am I to do? I know I will just lie here helpless, even though there's no reason why. Um, so yeah, was fuming about the whole thing. Yeah, um, I get that. I get that. So yeah, <laughs> that happened. Um, but um, then we had Cedric Alexander taking on Ricochet, which was fine. It was a solid match from the pair of them. Um, but at the same time, why use the Eddie Guerrero finish? So this was this was a match in which it was. Um, fucking ricochet one then the hair business would stop beating them up so you know dead good stipulation but what happened was the referee you know was down as as happened and he did the eddie guerrero thing where he hit the chair into the floor threw the chair at cedric and then went out and the referee disqualified cedric and it was like oh now, he's won that way to be fair he's probably been watching the mysterios for a while now and thinking well it works for them well, maybe yeah. i'll reference eddie as much as i can um maybe. joking aside obviously you know I want to be unfair to them this time. Um, but the only thing I want to say, though, is like he executed that perfectly, I think. Mm. It's oh, random yeah, no. why he did it, but I, I think he did it seamlessly, to be fair. Yeah, I thought, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a massive fan of uh, Ricochet. I think he's, uh, he's super underused in the, in the main product today. And I hope, you know, off the back of everything that's happened and the shit feud he's been in with everything, I hope he manages to do something decent for himself with everything going on, where, you know, Ali, uh, Ali's fucked off the retribution, you know, Apollo's gone to SmackDown. It's like he is still on Raw. He's still a fantastic talent. So I hope, I don't know, I hope he just does something decent for himself. You know, the hair business stuff is hopefully fucked off now because mm. the stipulation implies that. So who knows? But I just, yeah, I want him to do good. I've always liked him. Um, so fingers crossed. Um, then, Anthony. So this makes me laugh. Go on. The Raw season premiere is next week. Oh, great. Obviously, Look forward they to work it. in seasons. Of course they do. You know, I really enjoyed season one. Yeah. Not so yeah. much season 101. Well, exactly. And as we saw, you know, the same thing was for SmackDown. So, you know, prior to seeing what happened on SmackDown, you know, my initial thoughts were obviously that, you know, this is a new season. So there's been, you know, a big reset. We're going to get to see, you know, what what new feuds happen and stuff like that. Like this is this is the premiere, Anthony. This is it. New They're gonna start a whole new set of things going on. It's gonna be And so what do we get? We get Keith Lee and, and Braun Strowman again. So that, that, that was um definitely kicking things off with new obviously. And also let's um, let's announce Braun Strowman up for the Universal Championship because he's definitely not gonna lose that, <laughs> even though he's already drafted to Raw and scheduled to have a match with Keith Lee. He's 100%. definitely gonna beat Roman Reigns, isn't he? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so we also got so as I mentioned um, earlier in the show we had Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton going at it apparently those guys have been just fighting all night just like <laughs> nice. like throughout the show just beating each other up all night and it's like really 
Like, what a crock of shit. Three hours? You're not fighting each other for three hours, guys. Like, fuck off. It's <laughs> like, awesome, man. Stupid. Like, I'm not being funny. There's no way. It's almost no as way. long as Edge versus Randy Orton in a falls count anyway, match that. Nearly. Man. Nearly. <laughs> I think they had the edge slightly. Hey, the edge. Hey. Um, but, you know. Um, and then, lastly, Anthony, I just wanted to say, the Women's Battle Royal was the main event of the evening. And, you know, it was not the worst match in the world, to be honest. No. But, no. Lana? Like, Lana? 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 Lana. What um, uselessness is this? No offence, but mm, if they put the belt on her, that'd be the most useless thing they've ever done because she's not good in the ring. She no. can't realistically beat Asuka. If she does, she's not going to have a good title run because you can't put her up against anyone. Realistically, Lana's the dominant one. Unless she's going to surprise the fuck out of us and break out some fantastic wrestling. Mm, I just... Unlikely. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, they could have used this opportunity to do, like, Lacey Evans or, like, Naomi or something, mm-hmm. you know, and do something like that. But, you know, fair play to Lana. She has been consistent. She's been there every week. She's taken some shit. She's tried her best and all that good stuff. Oh, don't be wrong. But, Queen are taking bumps at the minute. But, yeah, like, you, no one's going to realistically believe she has a chance against Asuka. No. And, um, I mean... That that is the main thing. It's just it's not believable. You've got plenty of other women who should be having that spot in you know in in her place. But then the way they do it as well, they had Natty be the one who thought she won it, and then Lana who was you know on the outside for a bit, not eliminated but on the outside recovering, comes back in and ends up picking up the uh, the elimination. Okay, so. I'll call it now if you'd like. Then Natty's <laughs> Natty's gonna um, ruin her chance at asking them. She's not going to lose to Asuka. Natty's going to cost mm, her the match. Calling it now. But is Natty not gone to SmackDown now? I've lost track with her, if I'm honest. I don't think, I think so. Has no? she? I don't know. I mean, maybe. I mean, it, might, it could be refreshing for her because she doesn't do much anyway. I might be able to tell you shortly. But if I don't mention it, then she probably hasn't. But um, so that was the show. In terms that of, was obviously, this was night two of the draft. So what did we get on the draft, Anthony? Hit me with so, Carl. The Raw, Randy Orton stays. Charlotte stays, even though she's not there. Retribution, because they're... That's what I say, it says Charlotte stays at home. Oh, yeah, that was it. Charlotte <laughs> stays at home. Retribution stays being corporate shills. Um, Keith Lee stays. R-Truth stays. Davicato, is he on Raw? Stays. Apparently. Titus O'Neil, is he on Raw? Stays. Peyton Royce, stays. Akira Tozawa, stays. He is not dead. He hasn't been, not been eaten by a shark. Yeah, he wasn't devoured. She was not devoured to devour. Um, Kevin Owens moves to SmackDown. The Street Profits move to SmackDown. Um, Dolphin Rude moves to SmackDown. Apollo moves to SmackDown. And Alistair Black moves to SmackDown. Shout so out, not- by the way, before we move on to the rest, shout out to the most logical decision ever for the two tag teams just to meet up and swap belts. <laughs> yeah, I like, mean, no fucking around, no messing around, no changing the colours of the belts for keeping the belts you had, no match for it, nothing like it. Just well, it makes sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, very fucking logical. It was definitely weird, but definitely, definitely logical at the same <laughs> time. Um, and then for SmackDown, however, that's where things get slightly different. So mm. Bailey stays, Daniel Bryan, who we've not seen in forever, stays, and he will be coming back. Baron Corbin stays, Sami Zayn stays, Cesaro and Shinsuke stay. Carmella stays. Well, that explains all the vignettes that they've done the last few weeks and we still haven't yes, seen her, but she stays. Um, then the rest of the guys fucking move. So The Fiend is on Raw. Braun Strowman is on Raw. Matt Riddle is on Raw. Jeff Hardy is on Raw. Alexa Bliss is on Raw. Elias has gone to Raw. 
Lacey Evans has gone to Raw. Sheamus has gone to Raw. Nikki Cross has gone to Raw. And Lars Sullivan joined SmackDown. (laughs) Okay. So it's okay then. You know, we've totally raided SmackDown and took all the the top stuff. But it's okay. We've got Lars. I mean, they kind of said it like Lars Sullivan remains on SmackDown. It's like... Was he there to begin with? Or I don't know. He's has been, he come from he's, Raw? He's a, has he... Since, since he come back, he's appeared on every show. So I wouldn't have fucking known. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? So that was, Anthony, night two of the draft. That set us up for the next year in terms of who's going to be on what show. Unless they introduce some weird invitational thing that doesn't make any sense to anyone, but they just put people on or, other shows. Or anyway. do things like, oh, I don't know, have um, Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler get... Transferred over to Raw only to be drafted back to SmackDown within a matter of mm. weeks and months. I think yeah, Bobby Roode was seen on Raw twice before moving back to SmackDown under the pretense of a draft. I Maybe also think I saw. Like that. I think I saw a weird stat that The Miz has changed brands every show. <laughs> so, nice. That is an um, interesting one. But yeah, so Anthony, that was <clears> Raw for me. So all in all, everything being considered, it was not great. But at the same time, there's a lot of excitement. The draft happened. And so for me, it gets a bit of the road. I'm going to give it two and a half. I think that's fair. I might have been leaning maybe towards a two, but I think two and a half is fair. It wasn't bad, bad. It's just, it's probably better than a lot of Raws we've had. I don't know if that's the inclusion of random matches that I've not seen. So it's a bit refreshing. Um, but yeah, two and a half, I think is a fair shout. So I'm going to go the same. Nice. So let's talk SmackDown, shall we? No, not SmackDown. Wait, let's talk NXT, <laughs> shall we? Um, so as far as NXT goes, Cal. Um, typical of NXT, we had a decent card, we had some decent matches, and um, yeah. So, as far as the card goes, we saw Larkin and Birch go up against the Strongfish. Uh, this was a number one contenders match for the tag titles, and we saw Strong and Fish take the win. We saw Ember Moon cut a promo again, saying the same thing again. We saw Ashante Adonis versus Jake Atlas, with Jake Atlas taking the win. We saw Johnny Gargano going up against Austin Theory with Johnny Gargano taking the win. No surprise there. We saw Candice LeRae go up against Shotzi Blackheart with uh, Candice LeRae taking the win. We saw Tony Storm make her return match, I suppose, against Aaliyah, who's apparently still part of the Robert Stone brand. That is still a thing, with Tony Storm taking the win. Then we saw Killian Dane and Drake Maverick up against Imperium with Imperium taking the win. We saw Damian Priest close the night off in a North American title match against Dexter Loomis with Damian Priest taking the All in all, some good matches on there. However, let's talk the highlights first. Let's be fair. So, and it's only a brief mention because it's also an Oshite, and I'll discuss why shortly. Theory and Gargano was actually a really good match. These two have good chemistry in the ring. Enjoyable. So that's the highlight I'm going to give it. There is a negative. But we'll continue with the highlights. Shotzi and Candice match was very good, right? Um, fuck it, I'm going to mess into my highlights, right? So the reason Gargano and Theory didn't work for me was the amount of losses Theory has had to suffer since returning mm-hmm. to NXT. In fact, before that, when he was on Raw as well. But um, Gargano getting the win is just saving Theory another loss. And it's just a massive squash. You know, AEW have got freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. We've got regularly <laughs> squashed Austin Theory <laughs> over here on NXT. Love it. Um, it's, it. It's not good at all for Austin Theory. Now, what they're trying to set up is both Candice and Gargano going for both titles. So, you know, for fuck's sake. But uh, he has been a victim of that. Now, the reason I need to mention that now is because the Shotzi and Candice match was really good match. And arguably, you could have said the same thing, like, oh, it's just squashing Shotzi. But it actually worked really well. And the reason I think it worked well is because 
Candace had to they they carried on building this thing with um in the Hartwell wanting to be part of the Gargano family as it were. So she um she chucked her the the brass knuckles and and basically Candace had to resort to heel tactics to get the win. Now given that they're trying to build these two as heel characters, that works for me. Uh, it doesn't weaken Shotzi and it even sets up for for further battles between them two, I suppose. So I was actually okay with Shotzi taking the loss here. It seemed like a foregone conclusion, given that she's hosting Halloween Havoc, and this match was to challenge for Io Shirai's belt at Halloween Havoc. But um, I don't know, for me, I'm like, I'm okay with the way that one executed, and I don't think it's been too damaging to Blackheart, unlike Theory and Gargano's match, which was quite damaging to Theory, because he's not had much of a good run at all since he came back. Yeah. Uh, so as, I'll carry on with the highlights, um, and I, I'm interested in how you feel about this. I'm still loving the odd couple friendship that is Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. Um, you know, th- we had a little sort of bit where um, Dane runs uh, runs down Everrise, and um, he basically <laughs> goes over to Maverick and tells him, "Nobody hits you but me." Mm. And uh, it's just that sort of it's like he has some sort of weird friendship with him. Uh, I just love that sort of oddball dynamic. The the way it carries on working, like uh, Maverick's still desperately trying to get them to sort of synchronize as a team, but Dane still like gets the music cut and he's not willing to sort of you know dress similar or, or be a fully fledged tag team. Which is funny because we normally love a tag team that is a really obvious tag team. Like they have similar mm-hmm. outfits, similar you know they have a name. They're actually an established tag team, and this is the thing that that Dane is resisting so much. And it just I don't know. I I quite like the way that. The, they have these two, this, the dynamic between these two. And as much as I know you aren't a fan um, of the way these two are, are put across because they, they're, they're sort of better than this in their own right, I think they're doing really good work with what they've got. <laughs> I, um, I'm i not like massively against it or anything, but at the same time, I feel like I'm just a bit done with these like uh, odd couple tag teams. It's a bit like, okay, well, we would never be tag teams in the real like world, but we are a tag team anyway. And no one else can beat you up but me, and it's like, what? Well, if you're if you're gonna look at an oddball tag <clears throat> team at the minute, would you rather this or Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler? <laughs> well, yeah, this every day of the week. Exactly. Um, but I because they're doing that. something with it. <laughs> Nia Jackson. So. But uh, to me, though, no, but Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler are an example of how not to do it. Like oh, we don't mm. get along, and that's it. There's no story. There's no amusement. There's nothing. These two, they make something at least slightly interesting or slightly humorous about it. Mm. I'm enjoying it. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my last highlight was uh, the, the the slightly. Uh, I'll be honest, right? I'm not happy with the fact that we are going to see Gargano go up against um, Priest, and we're going to see Candice go up against Shirai again. I'm I'm not I'm not thrilled with the, that being the result, right? Um, and I'll mention that a bit more in my shades, but. The fact that they they ended the night off with them two getting what they wanted, but then Shotzi Blackheart introducing the spin the wheel make a deal, which I think's been used before in previous Halloween Havocs, possibly WCW days, um, was like well at least that's a bit intriguing. That might add a bit of a fun element to this. Um, what do you make of this spinning the wheel, Carl? I think you've probably seen it before. Days gone by. Yeah, it um, it definitely came from the WCW days, so it's a continuation. It reminds me a little bit of um, <laughs> for for whatever reason that this incarnation reminds me of the the Bischoff thing on Raw where he was like the Raw roulette. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. That than it does the uh, the the original, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Gargano back up against um, like for the North American Championship again. Like Candice, you know, I can see her again. Like it, that doesn't bother me as much, but like I just feel like Gargano's either constantly with fucking Champa or constantly for the North American title. 
or both. And it's like, there's nothing else to him. Yeah. Now, I, I do have a couple more notes on that because, um, in fact, I'll, I'll jump onto it now if I could. Um, it's the fact that, right, and th- I found this really impressive because WWE, right, have the ability, they've managed to set up two matches that I really don't want to fucking see in one foul swoop on NXT this week because they had Dexter Loomis go up against Damian Priest, right? I'm not a big fan of Damian Priest, but this was an interesting match for me, right? I like it. I like uh, Dexter Loomis. It's a match I've not seen all too much. You know, I'm on board for it, right? But then we see Grimes interfering and costing Loomis the match to carry on setting up that feud between Grimes and Loomis, which I don't want to see. Then we saw Gargano rock up and hit Damian Priest with a chair, further setting up the NA title match that Regal announced, right? And I'm like, I don't want to see that either. Like, I would have much preferred the match you've just fucking cheated me out of. Yeah. I didn't get a result to a match that was actually potentially quite interesting. And now I have to put up with Gargano up against Priest again. And bear in mind, I don't even find Gargano all that likable. So Priest and Gargano, for me, is not a good matchup. As much as they're both good wrestlers, I, I'm, I'm kind of done with seeing that. Um, and yeah, the Loomis and Grimes, I never wanted. I'm just not a big fan of Grimes. I don't get why it, it's not evenly matched. As, like, for me, I, I don't know if you agree or not, Carl, but looking at Grimes versus Loomis, the, there's a logical win. Like, if Loomis doesn't win, I, I don't... I don't get why Grimes is even a credible threat to Loomis. He seems more yeah. the hokey one who's going to get squashed by Loomis. I don't get why he's actually he's put across more legitimate than I, I expected, I suppose, the way NXT book him. Like, why is Austin Theory yeah. getting squashed all the time, but Grimes is, like, taking it to Dexter Loomis, who's a monster? doesn't make any sense <laughs> well, to me. Well, I think, I think to the point you made before, I feel like I would much rather see the match that we were cheated out of than the two matches they tried to set up. So... Yeah, it was uh, disappointing all around, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, so sadly, not good, not good stuff. The other little shite I've got uh, was just a mention of um, Isaiah Swerve and um, Santos Escobar are continuing their feud, showing an interruption in the Adonis match, uh, and ended up obviously mo- mo- giving more momentum to their feud, which for me is kind of done. Like, I don't get why we're still watching these. Like, uh, Escobar's took it to him twice now, so I'm like, what 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 else? Are you just gonna keep going until you eventually win? Does it class mm. as a win if you've had seven losses and then you finally beat them? I don't I don't know. I'm like, can we not see Escobar go up against someone else? <laughs> anyway, he didn't even that much please, of a anyway. he didn't well he didn't have much of a run against Maverick and that's what I thought they were building to originally. Mm. And then you barely got it. It's crazy. So um yeah, I'm a little bit done with that. Not as much as I am with Gargano, but there you go. Uh right. So the last one I've got, Carl, and I'm trying not to be negative because it's good to see Tony Storm back. And it did what it needed to do on paper. So she comes back. She has a match against Aaliyah. And it was a weird match for me because it felt like it was meant to be a squash. Because Tony Storm's coming back. She's going to look down and she's going to take the win. Right? And she did. She come back and she took the win. What I feel they failed on was looking dominant. It wasn't a very good match for Tony. Like, she got the win, yeah. But, like, she didn't really show any dominance or, or get much offense in at all against her. So then I'm like, well, that... Does that make you look... And like, I know on paper she got the win and, and, you know, it's still momentum, but it's like, that didn't really make you look incredible. Like, it didn't make you look strong. I, I might be being no. unfair there, but I don't know. No, just- I, like, I, I agree. I think um, she's obviously been away for quite a while now and this is like her reintroduction to the to the mainstream fans and, you know, she's come, she's come back into it and 
like as, as you said, it's, it's meant to be like, oh, we saw her last week and uh, on the uh, on the video, and fucking hell, she's gonna be something big, and she was just like hung in there and managed to grind out the win, and it was like, mm, I don't know, surely introducing yourself to the to the fan base, you would expect a squash. Yeah, exactly, and it it was for me, it was like on paper meant to be a squash. I just don't get what it went, but hey ho, that's what we got. Mm. But as old to go, that was that was my last one. Um, for me this week, Carl, I'd probably I'd keep it on par with Raw. You know, there were bits I really didn't like, but it was still a solid match, and the, I'll be honest, the card was quite well padded out, really. So I'd probably give it a two and a half. Okay, I don't know whether it's my NXT bias. I have given it a two. <laughs> um, no, so fair. I don't know. There was there was bits I liked, but I think the whole Damian Priest Loomis thing was like the biggest mm-hmm. annoyance. I'm not as over yeah. as you on um, Killian Dane and, and Drake Maverick as as a tag team. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I call it bits like that, but I thought, yeah, it, it was okay. It was definitely wasn't a terrible show, but yeah, I can't give it two and a half because there was just too many things I didn't like. Yeah, I get that. Well, Carl, but Anthony, but Anthony, taking you on to the one year anniversary of the Superior Wednesday Night Show. Ah, uh, it's been a year already. It's been a year, and what wow. a fucking year it's been. Pretty shit in terms of the the world. But, you know, pretty good in terms of dynamite, I would say. Um, so the card um, we got to witness this week. So pretty much every title was on the line. So uh, we had the tag titles on the line with FTR defending against best friends, with FTR retaining their belts. We had Miro and Kip Sabian in a tag team contest against Sean Maluta and Lee Johnson, with Miro and Sabian picking up the win. MJF has a big announcement he wants to share. We have Tony Schiavone interviewing Britt Baker at the spa. We have the TNT title on the line with Cody taking on Orange Cassidy. The Wounds title on the line uh, with Hikaru Shida taking on Big Swole. I realise I'm missing out the winners. Cody won that one and Shida <laughs> wins this one. And the main event was John Moxley taking on Lance Archer for the AW title with Moxley also retaining. So no titles change. Um, but all in all, the show was very good. So in terms of the highlights, so the tag match that kicked off the show was pretty solid. Um, a couple of issues I did have with it, which I'll cover in the O'Shites, but all in all, um, I thought it was solid. Um, a good showing from the pair of them. FTR are the most solid tag team you will ever yeah, see. Yeah, they're, they're really proven, <laughs> proven they are worth, aren't they, to be fair? They are tag team wrestling. They are old school tag team wrestling. They are the tag team wrestling that needs to be brought back today. They are very, very good. Best friends are no slouches either, so they also put on a great show. Yeah. Um, so the match itself was fine. Um, you know, they have definitely got one of the better tag divisions in the business, probably better than WWE's if you look at it from, you know, yeah. I think that's fair to say because WWE are not great with tag teams. Like, they no, rather they split them up when they feel like and it. Definitely, AW gives their division more prominence as well, which I think, you, oh, yeah. you know, kind of shines through. Um, but yeah, definitely strength and depth. But FTR. Retained, um, they did use the belt in order to do so, which I'll come into when we talk about the O'Shites, but all in all, decent opening to the show, I would say. Um, MJF and Chris Jericho segment, the pair of them are fucking wonderful. I love them both. So, yeah, um, this segment was silly, but in like the best way you could imagine. Um, I just loved, like, and I've said this before, I just love all the little moments with, with each of them. So, like, Throughout the whole, you know, confrontation, the whole segment, Jake Hager and Wardlow just sit there or stand there in silence, staring at each other. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> like it's so, it's so them. Love that. 
Sammy, so MJF, the previous week, forgot to get Sammy a jacket. Gets him a jacket this week, and it's <laughs> fucking massive on him. Yeah. It's hanging off him. Um, that's amazing. Sammy's fuming. Um, and then, like, so towards the end of the, of the, of the segment, um, basically Chris Jericho asks MJF to go for a steak dinner. And that reaction from Sammy, like, you just see him just, like, come into shot, and he's just like, so the biggest thing that's ever happened in the world. And it's just, it's so funny. Like, it just had me in stitches. And I can't say that about a wrestling show um, other than AW in such a long time. It just consistently makes me laugh. And I think Chris Jericho, fantastic on the mic. MJF, fantastic on the mic. Um, the pair of them together are just, no pun intended, dynamite. Um, so, ah. um, so Although, basically, this not, kind of... Are you not yeah. fearful of the prospect that this is a mechanism to push Sammy out of the group for a solo run? No, I don't think that will happen. I, I think the whole stuff that's happening here, I think we're... So basically, um, obviously anyone who only listens to us to know what happens in the shows, which there's probably a few of you out there for some reason, <laughs> please watch the shows and not, don't listen to our terrible rendition. But, um, so the point of this is MJF is coming out to make his big announcement and his announcement, as much as he begrudgingly didn't want to say it, was that he maybe, sort of, hypothetically, kind of, possibly, maybe wants to join the inner circle. Um, so he struggled to come to terms with that, but he did get those words out. Um, and Jericho um, was kind of interested by that. The rest of the inner circle were like, no, we don't want you, fuck off. And Jericho was like, well, okay, let's, you know, we have to make these decisions together as a group. So, you know, give us a week. So I'll tell you what, you know, they stand up. So they built it up as though Jericho was going to start challenging to a match. But do you know what? Next week, you and me, I to I, steak dinner. So they're going to go and have a steak dinner next week. <laughs> and they're going to discuss um, the outcome of that decision. So they, I think they are building it as the dinner debonair um, is fantastic. But yeah, whole segment. <laughs> loved it. Loved every minute of it. I think the pair of them are uh, like fantastic. And when they are together, it is just fucking yeah. microphone gold. So. Yeah, no, they are. They're both fantastic, to be fair. Um, then we had the segment, which was Britt Baker uh, and Tony Schiavone having an interview inside a spa, which I just thought was just so funny as fuck. I found out as well that apparently this whole thing was just a rib on Tony. So he had no idea what was happening. So he went to the spa to do the interview segment with Britt. And then he ends up getting his chest whacked. His, his chest whacked. He had yeah, no a very idea. similar thing to uh, the scene in The 40-Year-Old Virgin. <laughs> yeah, um, so he's lying there, and you can just see Britt Baker just completely corpse, and she's trying her best not to piss herself laughing, and they just wax his chest, and he's fucking going, ah! <laughs> and he had no idea it was coming, and it's just I don't know, it's so funny. Um, but the the kind the whole point behind this was, you know, Britt Baker's been out, she's been injured. You know, she referenced a few times, she's faced adversity, she broke her nose, she broke her leg. <laughs> she's been, you know, in all these things. And now, you know, she's a bad bitch and the bad bitch is back. So, you know, not that she was ever really gone. She wants to stress. But so a great to have Britt Baker back. These hilarious segments with her in the uh, being cheated kind of role um, that, yeah. that she does so well. Yeah, great to have her, have her back and featured regularly on television. We then had the TNT title match. And I fucking love this, Anthony. It was so good. So this was Cody versus Orange Cassidy. Um, wow. <laughs> um, something so different and so fresh. So obviously, AW like to do time limit and pose matches. And they are very, you know, they don't shy away from this. Every, every match they go, it's a 20-minute time limit. This is it, whatever. And they always, like, go into it. You know, um, I'm that used to, like, 
ignoring the time limit, if you know what I mean, because mm. it's never usually a factor that you get used to them saying it. But it mm. was it was actually really quite refreshing. This well, that's it. I think I shared. I think I shared some in, uh, infographic off Twitter. So I don't know who it was. Who infographic. Infographic. Carl's infographics. <laughs> that um, someone shared, which I thought was phenomenal, which was kind of a look over at AW over the last year. And you can see like match finishes and stuff like that. I think it was one DQ in the whole year worth of television, which I think I was joking with you, Anthony, wasn't I? I was like, well, that, you know, you get fucking one an hour on Raw. <laughs> like, it is so yeah, no, bad. they do have an inordinate amount of um, uh, DQs to me. Yeah, it's insane. So like if you compare that, we're just like one in a whole year. Like you forget that they can still excite you with a finish, which isn't, you know, a DQ or running anything like that, but it's a legitimate count out finish. And they just executed it so well. So for me, this was the best match probably that I've seen from Orange Cassidy. And he's had a, a fucking, a fair few good matches now, but this one just told the best story. It was his, Orange Cassidy ways, he was lazy, he started off the match a bit like, you know, doing his usual shtick, Cody brought it out of him straight away, he knocked his glasses off and he was like, okay, fuck the glasses, I'm in it now, and like, they, like, they were saying Orange Cassidy's never had a lock-up, um, a fucking collar and elbow t- uh, tie-up, you know, in, in the whole time he's been here, um, you know, straight away, got into that, they were chain wrestling, they were doing amazing stuff, and you know, there was peaks and troughs, so that kind of great start to... Cassidy kind of getting a bit of momentum to Cody just battering him for ages and Cassidy again just being like too tired not to be arsed, doing silly stuff. Um, you know, there was a bit that happened in the middle of it where the Dark Order were there. Obviously, Brody Lee lost the belt the previous week. Mm. Um, they were there and they just got dejected straight away. So I'm happy that it didn't cause any kind of real interference or anything yeah. like that. But at the same time, I don't know. I speak a lot of the, a lot of the time about Cody matches being overproduced. Like you, just, you just didn't need it. You just didn't need that. But yeah, no. no I'll take your point on that. <laughs> at least it wasn't. Um, at least it was detrimental to the match itself. Um, but yeah, I just think the flow of it was so good. Just from you know Cassidy being Cassidy through to the way the match unfolded, and then you know Cassidy ultimately has Cody beat, and um, you know it's a very close kick out, and then there's about thirty seconds left. Cassidy does everything he can. Um, Cody gets a reversal Cassidy manages to get him in the pin and it's one two time runs out and it doesn't get to hit the three but Cody was not kicking out and it is a I don't know it's just a, it's so That's, no I like that like that is um, it's it's fun especially because you're seeing that slow sort of that guy who's <laughs> like yeah I'm here but you know I'm here for the paycheck and sort of phoning it in and you know slowly not even just the Cody match but slowly becoming more impassioned because of what's going on. You saw a similar thing with Jericho where they just start, they start bringing the, the competitor out of him. I think I shared something with you not too long back about um, Cassidy, where they were saying about like the whole, his whole career is one big story essentially where mm. he started out, he was young, he was impassioned, he was giving it his all um, and he was underappreciated, never hit it big, become sort of disenchanted with the business, started going, well, fuck it, I'm going to show up and I'm not going to put that same effort in. No one appreciates it anyway. Become the character that he is now and then weirdly becomes over as that character and then that slowly brings the passion back out in him. And um, I think in a much smaller format, you kind of see that in AEW where he was there. 
he was that sort of comic character and we're just seeing more and more of him just becoming this awesome guy like like he was so frustrated with that that loss that is something you wouldn't normally get out of Cassidy you know so hmm. um it'd be interesting to see where they take this as well because he he had Cody beat like you say just was the time limit yeah definitely um so I think they were they were also harping on to the fact that Darby Allen was in a similar circumstances where you know he he has got a pretty good claim to to the title as well after the previous match. So yeah, I think I, I think they've um, they've booked Cody versus um, Cassidy two, um, not this week coming, but the week after I think to settle it because obviously it didn't end in a you know a way that we're all happy with. But yeah, I I don't know. I just thought it was such a good little spin on something where. You know, Cassidy had him beat, you know, his first match back, his first defence, and he could have lost it. And it was like, you know, Cody's been away trying to, you know, deal with this loss from Brody in such a dramatic fashion. And it's like, well, fucking hell, he could have lost it again. So I also want to say, I've not even listed it here in the talking points, but I'm so happy he's back to being blonde again. I just, I just, as soon as you see Cody Rhodes with fucking black hair, I just think back to like dashing Cody Rhodes and stuff. It's a trouble. Yeah, so WWE bad. really hates us with that guy. Yeah, Jesus, <laughs> like, he's so much better as a blonde. Please, please stick and with And they, they notoriously have more fun. They do, they do. So yeah, please, please stay that way. Um, the next highlight. So Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara continues, Anthony. So Hardy is in the audience with um, his wife and his kids and he announces that he is 100% cleared. As he's talking to Shivani, we get the vignette on the screen, which shows a guy in a hood burning multiple photos of Matt Hardy. Um, it turns out to be Sammy, and he basically says that, you know what, he was the one who took him out at All Out. So obviously he got hit in the knee with a baseball bat, and it kind of alluded to that it was Jericho. Um, but it was actually Sammy, and he said, you know what, I took you out at All Out. I took you out... Um, so many different times, I've busted your face open. You know, whenever I get the opportunity, um, whenever you're cleared, I'm going to be right there again to take you out again. So, um, yeah, interesting that they are carrying that feud on because I know a lot of fans were like, I'm, they need to drop it. <laughs> I'm glad they haven't, personally. Mm. I think Sammy got probably a bit more heat than he deserved for that hardy spot, that whole concussion thing. Um, and I don't think they ever got the chance to have the because they both have the potential to have a really great match between each other. And I think they've been sort of, they've had too many sort of uh, whoopsies for lack of a better way of putting it, that it, it's, it sort of stopped that from happening. And I think just having that, that one match where it goes off without a hitch with any luck, um, that, that could be a nice little finisher to this. And um, I'm all for them having another match, maybe just an actual match in a ring this time. though. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I do. Uh, I do think uh, Sammy got a bit of a, you know, a raw deal at the at the end of it with obviously the the chair spot, whether or not it was whatever you believe, whether it was accidental, whether whatever, um, you know that reflected badly on him. The whole botch at the um, pay per view reflected badly on him. So, and this is you know off the back of a, a very tumultuous year he's had with you know the Sasha comments and stuff as well. So, you know, I'm glad that they are sticking with him. I'm glad that they are going to finish this feud off like the like they wanted to. And hopefully, I just, I really hope that they just have a, a botch-free, like, great blow-off to the feud. Um, and so, the final the final highlight that I've got for this week's Dynamite, um, the main event, I thought it was really, really good, to be fair. Um, it wasn't long. I don't think it needed to be. Um, you know, there was commercial breaks in the middle of it and stuff as well, which never helped. But, you know, considering the small amount of time they had, I feel like they got a lot done. Um, you know, there was the the aggressiveness and the the physicality, 
you know, kicking off the match all the way through to like the hardcore undertones from, you know, a lot of the stuff that, you know, Moxley's done in the past, for example. Um, so I, all in all, I thought it was really good. Um, I think the fact that Archer pretty much had him won and it was very a quick reversal from Moxley to get the pin was, was really good as well. And then Kingston comes out after the match um, congratulating his old friend Moxley and then ends up choking him out. So bit on the fence about that finish to be honest because I'm yeah. not really sure because obviously Kingston has had his opportunity the week before um, and Moxley choked him out so it was a bit like okay why is this come back again um, but you know I think Kingston's great in the mic you know Moxley is one of the be- like the biggest stars in the company so let's let's see I guess but yeah I don't know it felt a bit weird no um, I, I was a bit <clears throat> I don't I don't think I'm happy with it like I like Kingston. Don't be wrong. Uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm impressed with him in AEW. I think he's got a good future. I just don't. I feel like this kind of was done, and they've brought it back unnecessarily. Maybe um, they're also pushing this whole like he's got this this family, this faction, which is like okay. We've already got the inner circle and stuff going on, so like I'm not overly bothered about the the whole faction either, if I'm honest. But. Mm. I don't know. Seeing, seeing's believing, and we've seen AEW pull off some some really good stuff out of the bag. Um, I don't be wrong. We've also seen them fail with some stuff. I'll cite the Nightmare Collective once again. Um, so I'm not guaranteeing that they're going to make it something brilliant. But right now, I'm not particularly over on it. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks in terms of how they can sell it back to us. I think, but very strange end to the one year anniversary, shall we say? Mm. Um, but still, not a no shite. But in terms of some O'Shites, I mentioned the first match of the night we saw FTR defending their tag titles. Um, so in this opening match, we got to see in the audience, Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford were playing on an arcade machine. And they were playing, God knows what, but they were playing something and Penelope Ford was playing it. Didn't have a clue, fucking clue what she was doing, but she was playing it. Um, and there was a spot in the match where um, FTR ended up throwing, I think it was Trent, through the machine. And it smashes up into pieces, goes over, um, so just a wreck. Um, and Kip Sabian's fuming, and he sends Penelope Ford to go off and get Miro. So I think they are massively underutilizing Penelope Ford. So yes, I don't know if she's injured. So I, I will throw my hands up if that's the case. Okay, at least she, you know she's getting on TV. But from I've not heard anything about her being injured. So now I mean, if she isn't, it just doesn't make any sense because. You've got a women's division where, and this is no offence to the match later in the night because I think Big Swole is fantastic, but you've got a women's division that could absolutely use Penelope Ford right about now. Yeah, um, I mean, we've, we've often, I think it's it's a fair comment that AEW's women's division isn't as stacked as it needs to be or as established mm-hmm. as it needs to be. I think that's, that. I mean, let's be honest, that's why Thunder Rosa give it a really good shot in the arm when she come for that, um, that oh, few yeah. matches. Um so, you know, there's definitely still something to be desired with the women's division. And we've both said previously that Penelope Ford's got something. She's got a, a ton of talent in the ring. I consequently ended up watching her have a match against Thunder Rosa on the Indies because obviously we're doing our research for Thunder Rosa interview. Um, and she was talented then as well, to be fair. You know, mm. she she's definitely got the chops in the ring. So, yeah, it, it does feel like, like you say, unless she's injured, they definitely really underutilizing her at the minute for whatever reason. Yeah, it just, it just doesn't make any sense. She's so much better. Than, I mean, she is the breakout star over Sabian, to be fair. And I think, yes. you know, and it's no offense to Sabian because I think he's he, he's good as well. But, you know, they've, they've got... They've got he's, he's, he's good. 
Yeah, I couldn't bring myself to say anything higher than that. But, um, you know, Penelope Ford definitely is the star in that relationship. And then you brought Miro in to also accelerate um, Sabian. So it's not a good thing. Like the two people who are there to accelerate Sabian, assuming that's what they're doing, are both outshining him. Yeah, exactly. It just doesn't. uh... Like Miro, just by his mere existence on AEW, outshines him because everyone was so behind Rusev Day. so, like, he didn't even have to do anything, just showing up, he outshined them. So, it was not a great idea, that really. No. And I think, um, so this is obviously the, the like, the opening match, so they're not even that involved at this point. But at the same time, um, you know, it is for the tag titles and FTR. Um, basically, after this spot, they could quite easily go back in the ring and win by countouts, but they decide they don't want to do that. And so they carry Trent back into the ring because they want to win it properly. But then about five minutes later, um, they use the belt and smack fucking um, the other one. Corey, what, what the fuck's his name? Come blank. Or the best friend. Um, that one, yeah. Whose name escapes me for... What the fuck's his name? Or I want to say Cassidy. Corey, but it's not. <laughs> no. um, I, I can't think of it either, to be honest. We have Trent and Orange Cassidy and the other guy. Chuck. Chuck Taylor. Chuck. Um, thank you, Fuck um, Yeah, so um, I think Chuck Taylor is the one who went to beat in the pin. Um, but... Yeah, it was just like, well, why bother carrying Trent back into the ring if you don't want to lose? Like, sorry, if you don't want to win, you know, with shenanigans, only to then hit him with the fucking belt and win by mm. like by shenanigans. Yeah, just felt very silly. Yeah. Um, but then obviously after the match, Miro comes out and he batters best friends because they broke his arcade machine. So he's very upset. Um, this is ahead of the subsequent match, which is another Oshite, which is Kip Sabian and Miro um, taking on the team of Sean Maluta and Lee Johnson. So Maluta, I believe, is one of the Anawai family. Um, oh, really? Lee yeah. Johnson, we've seen, um, you know, a couple of times now on the likes of Dark and stuff as well. Mm. Um, but, yeah, the match was just meh as well. So Sabian didn't really do that much at all. And I get it because you're trying to make Miro the star. And it was pretty much a squash match for Miro. Um, although he, like Miro, botched the finish as well. So he went to go for his camel clutch and just went and completely missed the guy's head and sat his arms <laughs> in the air. And was like, oh, wait, no. Yeah, I need to get him under the chin. That's it. Um, so he, like, he even fucked that up as well. So, yeah, I don't know. I I like the Miro character. Right. Like, I do like it. I think it's it's different. He's a gamer and he's got like the whole game over thing. He's got the best friend thing. He's got all that kind of good stuff and it sort of makes sense. But yeah, he's just not being utilized in the best way as he since he's joined. I just No, I I'd agree with that. Underwhelming, I would say, to say the least. But if it leads now to a feud between, you know, Sabian, Miro and Best Friends, I can get behind that. I think it would be interesting from their, you know, characters and personalities. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I suppose it makes sense because you've got a guy like Miro, you bring him into AEW, he's probably one of the bigger guys there in terms of size. So, you know, without putting him straight into the title picture, which would just be another, oh, another WWE guy goes straight it's, into the title. Like, funny you say about size because um, was it Rob Van Damme who uh, recently called them all petite wrestlers? <laughs> which is quite, quite funny, actually. <laughs> and Rob Van Damme as well. Like, seriously? Same <laughs> six foot as he, I don't think. Um, no, he's not a big fella, to be fair. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, so another road strike I had was um, so they had this fourteen draw like a like a roulette style thing um, where they're going to draw four teams to go into a fatal four tag team match to determine the number one tag team contenders at um, full gear. Okay, I'm following um, you so far. Yep. Yeah. 
<laughs> a lot of fours, <laughs> a lot of tags, matches, but yeah, you kind of get me. Um, so they draw four teams, and you know the young bucks get drawn as one of the teams, and Shivani is really upset by it because they super kicked them the previous week, and then they come out and they're like, no, no, don't worry, Shivani, we're not going to super kick you, we're going to super kick everyone else, and then it turns into them super kicking everyone, and it's a bit like, Ugh. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so done with it. Like I know they're trying to get to FTR young bucks, and that's what everyone wants to see, but. Surely there was a better way to do it than, you know, what happened to the rankings? Like, why is it a, let's put, you know, every tag team in a fucking drum and draw four teams out at random and one because of them happens to be the Young Bucks. Like, sadly, really? the rankings was a nice idea on paper, but it doesn't work. You, see, you can't have storylines and rankings at the same time because when you look at the ranks and they try and refer to the ranks, you go, like, certain ones lended itself perfectly like MJF had a, a really good record and never had a title shot so then they used that but then you look at other ones and you go uh, we're not interested in that really so I don't know for me when they're trying to lead somewhere story wise but they haven't had the foresight to set up their, their ranking to a point that it makes sense that they go up against each other see for me I think though that, that is the only thing that's missing is the foresight like for someone who is a massive UFC fan as well as wrestling like the rankings make so much sense and it's like well who's coming off so many like wins to get themselves a title match or whatever so you know I think by and probably large, it might have worked better that the, the coronavirus not have caused a lot of issues as well Maybe, although to be fair, I don't think they were doing a, a you know an exceptional job of it prior to that either. So I think the point you make is very valid, but I think at the same time they could do a much better job of just adhering to them rankings and trying to plan a bit better to be like, well, yeah, it makes sense that this guy's coming up for it because on the rankings it doesn't have to be like big wins. I know the I think where they fall down is they try and factor in like quality of win and so and they've made it too complicated it should just be a win-loss record because on paper like it should work really well for people like Miro coming in Miro comes in with a head of steam but he can't get at the title because he needs to build up his rank it makes sense even doing a squash max makes sense because he needs to get those wins under his belt to justify going for the title so on paper it works really well but I don't know, like you say, they've not exited, but I think they've had storylines that haven't lended themselves to the rankings, so they've just fucking ignored it. That's yeah, cool. I just think, I don't know, I feel like it was very, it's a bit of a cop-out to do like a, well, we're going to do like this fucking version of bingo where we're going to draw a team out, and it was like, okay, I don't know, like, the teams that got drawn as well, it was like, would it be them teams? There was no like super surprise shock, do you know what I mean? So it was, yeah, um, I feel like um, it's almost up there with uh, NXT's what we're going to do, we're going to take a member of each tag team and make them tag up with a member of another tag team. And then the winner will then go on to face each other in their respective tag teams to decide who gets to be a number one contender yeah. for the tag team titles. I that was a fucking mess. Overbooking. That's what yeah. they call that. So at um, least it made a little bit more sense to follow. But I feel like it was up there with that, the, the way they're just like trying to come up with this crazy draw. It's just, get out, man. Um, and then I've only got two more uh, O'Shites one of them was unfortunately because I wanted this to be really good was actually Shida versus Big Swall um, and I feel like it started off really good there was a lot of physicality it was hard hitting it was fast paced but as the match went on there was just I don't know it just fell apart there was so many botches they both looked fucking exhausted they were just like you know there's a point where Shida and Swall tried to do like a double nip up spot and Shida couldn't even do a nip up and it was a bit I don't know it just it proper died on its ass and it was 
was a shame to see, really, because I was so excited for it because I thought yeah. they put on such a good show. And I know they're capable of doing something better, but in this particular match, I've got to be true and just say that it wasn't that good, unfortunately. I think, unfortunately, they need someone... like they, It's probably the wrong time for them to face each other. This might be an unfair mm. statement, but like Shida and... Thunder Rosa works so well because Thunder Rosa was able to elevate Sheeta and vice versa. Whereas mm. I think these two really needed each other but couldn't provide for each other. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. think the, you needed a more of a veteran in there, in like instead of Swole, sadly, um, because Sheeta's the champion. So I think you needed someone with a lot more chops in the ring to be able to sort of help elevate Sheeta um, and obviously help themselves. But like obviously it's about elevating Sheeta as the champion. So um, I think Swall was probably just the wrong choice at this point, as much as I like Swall. Yeah, I don't know. It, like, I still think they can put on a really good show. I just, I just think it, it just wasn't their night. I don't know what, whether it was miscommunication, whether it was just the fact he blew up or what, but it just, I felt it could have been so much better. Even like, like to your point, like I feel, and it's no disrespect to she either, but I feel like she did massively benefit from having the likes of you know Thunder Rosa in there with her. And I know Big Swall hasn't got the pedigree or the chops to be that level yet but at the same time I don't know I still expected better from well, the parents. to be honest so. mate I think this is I need to be fair to Swole here because I'm not I'm not blaming Swole for this match I just think that Sheeda Sheeda's got experience but she's not got enough experience to elevate Swole which is what Swole needed like yeah. the same way Thunder Rosa elevated Sheeda Sheeda needed to be that Sheeda needed to be the Thunder Rosa in this match and elevate Swole and I don't mm. think Sheeda was able to do I don't think Sheeda's got the experience to do that yet. So it's not a slight no. on Swole. It's the fact that Swole needed that person because she is the greener one of the two and Sheeda couldn't be that person. And it's, it's absolutely no disrespect to Swole. I just think until Sheeda's got enough chops to be able to sort of carry that sort of um, slightly younger talent, it, it just doesn't work. Yeah, I think I think to be fair, that's... It makes sense. Um, That's good because yeah. I was rambling a bit towards the end. <laughs> no, it makes sense. I think um, I don't know. I just I don't know what it was. It just felt off, and I felt like the pair of them were off. And the fact that Sheeta couldn't even do a nip up spot and stuff, I just something wasn't right. Um, yeah. And I don't want to shit on it too much because I feel like in a, like on a different day, these guys would have been able to put on a much better match. So I think it just was what it was. Hopefully, we'll get to see them again down the line. Hopefully, it'll be much better. Um, and the last one, Anthony, it's just more of a, the fact that, you know, it would be remiss if I didn't call this out since I did the same for Clash of the Champion Candy Crush Saga, ah, yes. whatever the fuck it was called. Um, but the fact is, every title was on the line in this show. And similar to what I said at Clash of Champions, like, well, no titles change hands. Yes. And it's like, <laughs> like, at the same time, you know, I don't mind, like... If you think, like, again, I'm going to do another UFC reference. Like, there's been times where I've watched the show that was a massive show. There was three titles on the line and none of the titles change hands. And it's like, you know what? In competition, you know, there's nothing to say that the champions will be, like, fucking dispossessed of, of their belts. In, so, fair play. But at the same time, I feel like when in, re- in pro wrestling, when you build this up to be like, every title's on the line, I just expect to see one of them change. Yeah. And, and to be then, honest, certain ones, I don't know if you agree or not, but, like, if Cassidy had took the title, that could have still worked because similarly, there's no reason to say that because Cody's won the title back, he has to keep it for any amount of time. Like, and I think you cited that to be honest last week. But the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. If Cassidy had took the win, that would have still been a storyline going forward for Cody because he's struggling with the fact that he's lost it again. Um, it would have been an elevation for Cassidy. And I, I'm not, 
upset with the finish. I love the way that they booked it, and I love the frustration in Cassidy and the fact that it went to time limits, so there was technically not a pin there. Um, but at the same time, it's like, for me, if you're going to swap a title, if you're going to change a title on this one-year anniversary, for me, the TNT title would have been the one to do. Yeah, yeah, me too. But, Anthony, all being said, all in all, um, I still thought it was a really good show. Um, there was a couple of things in there that did bring it down for me. So even though it was their one-year anniversary, it was a big spectacle, a lot of titles on the line, I'm I'm only able to give it a three-and-a-half out of five and that's just because I think just some of the matches just didn't deliver for me mm. and I felt like the the Miro Sabian stuff was it felt like a bit of filler um, yeah. so I feel like they could have done better and I don't know whether I'm, I'm being a bit more biased because it was their anniversary show but I, you know it was still good I, I, to be honest you might be surprised at this but I, I'm going to give it a three Yeah, it was the most okay-ish week I've had in a while with AEW like mm-hmm. If I look, and it's a weird reason to give it a three, but if I look at the, the card and look at what happened, am I going to be talking about this in a few weeks' time? Probably not. Is there any match there that's so memorable that I'm still going to be talking about it? No. For me, the best stuff on there was Jericho and, and MJF because they're always entertaining. And there were some good matches on there. Cassidy and, and Cody in particular was a really good match. But I don't know. For me, I'm like... It was it suffered a similar fate that NXT tends to suffer, where on paper everything's working, the card is decent and stacked, but it just was kind of underwhelming. And I don't want to be too unfair to it because it wasn't wasn't bad. It just I don't know, it didn't didn't hit as well as other weeks have for Dynamite. Maybe I'm being too harsh because they've set their own bar, but yeah, it was certainly a three for me. Do you know what? I th- I think it's fair. I think them being like it's our anniversary show and stuff. It it sets your expectations that slight bit higher, and mm. I don't feel like it I think felt that's what like, it is, yeah. by and large, this was their anniversary show. It just felt like a, a good episode of Dynamite, but yeah, yeah I yeah. feel like it wasn't, yeah. I'll take so, your points, yeah. It was a good Dynamite, but like this was meant to be, like it's been a year, like, you know, it was meant to be a big thing. So, yeah, I think that's probably what it is. They, they've sold me on giving it a three. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Okay. So, we'll move on to SmackDown, then have a quick car. <clears throat> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I need to moan a lot about this, so I'm just going to mention it while I go through the card. But we open the night with a promo ish from Triple H and Stephanie introducing the season premiere of SmackDown, and I've got a lot to say about that. But uh, that's how we start the night. We then move on to Lars Sullivan versus Jeff Hardy, with Lars Sullivan taking the win. We move on to a promo from the New Day, uh, which then leads to the New Day versus Shinsuke, Cesaro, and Sheamus, with the New Day taking the win. Um, I'll stress that that's the full new day. Um, they've not been split up yet officially. The you know the the rest go over next week. Uh, well, this Monday. Um, we then had Daniel Bryan cutting a promo because he's back now, but he's not gonna have a match yet. Um, but then it does end up in a little bit of a battle with Seth. So you know that's interesting. Um, we had the Street Profits up against Dolph and Rude with uh, the Street Profits taking the win in a surprising. Uh, DQ finish surprising for me because I thought they just put them over but there you go um, we saw Sasha Banks and Bailey doing a contract signing for Hell in a Cell because we love a good contract signing and then we close the night out with Braun versus Roman Reigns with Roman Reigns taking the win because of course he fucking was Braun's on Raw now what the fuck was the so that was the card Carl and um, it was okay um, I'll do the highlights because let's be positive first of all so to be fair the New Day's promo was uh, it was a really good promo. It helped mm-hmm. remind you of a lot of what the New Day have done. They've been together for a really long time. It was really heartfelt. And yet, to be fair, like that promo has helped me even more go, 
yeah, this is a real shame that they split them up. And that's exactly what it was meant to do. So a really good promo. Um, better than, than the, the three-on-three match, in all honesty. But all in all, this is exactly what we want. Um, and it, it, it's genuinely going to be a shame seeing Big E on his, on his bill now. So, um, yeah, it did exactly what it needed to do. Uh, as far as other highlights, we had uh, Daniel Bryan going up against Seth. Totally on board with that. We didn't get a full-on match um, this week, but this is what we got. We got um, this sort of back and forth and this bit of a battle between the two. Um, Daniel Bryan sort of his scathing comments to Seth Rollins were actually quite good. I can see this feud building well, and I sincerely hope this is where they're going, but I do have to moan about that a little bit too. Um, but all in all, what do you think of the potential for a match between Seth and, and uh, Bryan? I am very interested in this. Yes. <laughs> Probably no surprise. Um, I love the bones of the pair of them. So to see them uh, face off, I'm all for that, I would say. I think two technical wrestlers, two you know, former champs, two former IC champs, two workhorses. You know, I think we've seen them way back when in Ring of Honor, like when it was like... Yeah. Tyler Black. This is Daniel the funny Black, thing. This uh, is the, this Danielson. is like revisiting something that I've never seen. In a weird yeah. way. Well, exactly. And like we've seen a few of these over the years, and some of them by like by and large haven't lived up to their old school uh, predecessors. But I think with these two, I I think this is going to be fucking epic if they if they build it right and you know they get they get it like just the animosity that they showed in that feud and they had the whole kind of sentimental thing with all well, Brian Baird here watching on the screen and yeah, yeah. oh oh shit and then like Seth like takes him out and stuff as well. I don't know, I feel it could be something really, really good. And I just it's a shame really that we got after that whole thing was it was still the Mysterios and it was a bit like Yeah, I mean it. this that goes into me oh shites as well because yeah. like it, it's like that I was on board for this happening and then it's like now let's go back to the old stuff and I'll talk about that a little bit more. But yeah. yeah, that that was a bit disappointing the way they finished it off, sadly. Mm. But if the building towards ultimately a feud between them two, I'm I'm on board for that. Let's do that. Yeah. Uh, my last highlight, Carl, before we go into the Oshites, was actually Roman Reigns. Now I know you probably can't call this a squash as as a squash goes, but uh, Roman Reigns going up against Braun, I loved it. Like uh, you couldn't build Roman up any better. This is so so much of a stark contrast to when we started this podcast and I did nothing but moan about Roman Reigns. I have nothing but praise for the man right now. The, the I'm so over on this character, this heel work. I'm so over on like he, this was the best thing in the show. Like and I didn't think I'd ever be saying that, but he is he's putting himself across so well. This whole thing, like even the way they done the finish, we had him ultimately choke and brought out. Like we've never seen Braun submit. We had him just choking him the fuck out, and then no, he wasn't done because he's a fucking bastard. So he got a chair and just started beating the shit out of him. Why was he doing it? Does he have anything against Braun? No, he wanted to send a message to Jay, and even that I thought was fantastic. We didn't need Paul Heyman. We had Roman saying, "If I can do this to him, what do you think I can do to you?" And he just laid into Braun because he took out the biggest guy in the yard just to prove a point to his cousin. And I was like, "Fuck me, this is really good work." I, I thoroughly enjoyed the whole way it worked. And sadly, Braun got, got squashed, really. It's not a squash. It's like, there's five seconds, you fuck. But the fact that the the Adam, like, not even just get the get the pin lost, the Adam lose and lose in a really decisive fashion and then just take a beat. Fair play to Braun as well for, for like, for putting that bucket across as well. You know, I can't, mm. can't knock the man. I'm on about it most of the time. But Braun, like, he really sold the being choked out. He really sold the chair shots. Fair play. Can't knock it. Thoroughly enjoyed the whole thing. Yeah, same. I think... Um... Like, this has been staring them in the face for so many years. Like, 
look what you could have had with Roman <laughs> years yeah. and years ago if you would have pulled the fucking trigger and stopped caring so much about merchandise sales. Um, like he, he I, I dare say he'd sell more merch now. Yeah, me too. I think he's excelled above and beyond his old school stuff. And like the fact you like you mentioned about um, Paul Heyman not having to rely on him, like that in itself speaks volumes because Roman is a shit promo. He is so bad. But at the same time, since he's like done this new kind of fucking like thing, he's got this new level of confidence where he doesn't have to say much. But if he says it right and it's not cliche, he gets the point across. And you can like, well, fucking hell, this guy's got Paul Heyman in his corner. And he's just told a much better story. And it's like that in conjunction with this new character and this new gimmick yeah. just blends so nicely. I, I love the fact that they've blended it perfectly like that, where Roman can talk way better than Brock. That's fair. But he's not a great talker. And it, they've acknowledged that even to the point that it's like, we've got Heyman when we need him so that mm. you don't start noticing the weakness in, in Roman. Because if you give Roman the mic for too long, you're going to start noticing he's not that great. But yeah. this was all he needed. He didn't say much at all, like you say, but he made his point to Jay. And I was so there with that point. I'm like, fuck, like that, that's brutal. You know what I mean? And it, it really gets you on Buffalo. Like, What's he going to do to Jay? Jesus Christ. It was, uh, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, could, I couldn't be more happy with how they're going with this. And who'd have thought you'd be like, how, uh, if I'd have like, let's say I could travel back in time, right? To when we started this podcast, Carl, to the, to the, to the, to the, <laughs> the rumble seven months uh, ago rumble talk yeah and i said to you look carl honestly come what october 2020 you're gonna think roman reigns is boss and the feud we're going into <laughs> is roman reigns versus jay uso and it's awesome you'd tell me to fuck right off yeah who'd have thought especially that more about the latter i think like i would never have predicted <laughs> yeah. fucking roman versus jay uso that's the thing because you could imagine roman being in the title scene that wasn't unrealistic mm. as much as we weren't over on him as a as, as the character he was at the time but to think jay uso was going to be the best feud he's had in a long time where where's that come from that's insane like and fair play to a pair of them they're doing really well with it mm. but let's not keep talking about the good stuff carl the old shites for smackdown right i'm gonna start where it started what the fuck no. was it? Right, we st- we opened the night with Triple H and Stephanie doing their absolute best to be hosting some sort of fucking game show, and they're like introducing the season premiere of SmackDown. And they're like, uh, we've got some new faces. Let's bring them on down. And like being proper cheesy. <laughs> Triple H being like uh, introducing Lars Sullivan and going, he's a super freak. And you're like, how? Oh, fu- I-, I know you're a dad now, Trip, but fuck, mate, that was so so cringe. He felt and, so out of touch, and even uh, fact when. You know, not to spoil what what you're gonna talk about, but even to the point where everything went to shit and like everything, everyone started fighting. Him and Steph just fucking bolted, and it was like Triple H of old would not get know, out of yeah. there. Like he went from being a badass with a sledgehammer to doing little songy dance things and run away. But um, like before, like it, it does ultimately end up in a random brawl. The other thing I want to mention about Triple H and Steph is like. I don't, I don't know if they got a little bit confused about what their aim was because they're like, oh, we've we've had a lot of people stay, but we've got some new faces. Let's introduce a few of them. And he started introducing a few of the new faces, Kevin Owens and Alistair Black, which makes sense because they've moved over. That makes a lot of sense. And then they go, Sami Zayn, he was, <laughs> he was already there. Mm-hmm. Otis, he he was already there, Trip. Yeah. And you're like, why are we introducing people who were already on the fucking team? So, in other words, instead of introducing new faces, guys, you want to set up the new feuds for the season. That's yeah, basically what, like, what they did. We've got did. Kevin Owens, but look, we've got Alistair Black as well. Oh. Yeah. Like, then it was like, we've got Sami Zayn and we've got Otis. And guess what? Later on the, in this night, they're going to have a little backstage segment. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake. And um, 
Uh, we'll look at that like as well. Season premiere, and what do we get? We get Kevin Owens and Alistair Black into that again. Like I'm, yeah. I didn't care Brand about new, it in the first fresh, place. Man. Yeah, freshly squeezed shit. Anyway, we had um, Lars Sullivan getting a massive introduction and an, uh, I got a fucking entrance with music and everything, unlike everyone else who was stood there. Um, and then that ultimately results in a brawl, nice big brawl from everyone. Random people fighting who you wouldn't normally see fighting. Um, sadly, I can't, I can't, I still can't remember who Corbin was fighting. But you know when you're just like, why, why are you guys fighting? Doesn't make any sense. I feel like that was the case with a lot of them, to be fair. I know we had some feels like... built up, so when you see Alistair Black and Kevin Owens going for it, you go, okay. But uh, well, yeah, a lot there was of it a point was where Murphy was just battering Callisto, and I was like, <laughs> that's not Rey Mysterio. It's just another Mexican in a mask. Please stop <laughs> it. Me. And he kept screaming, Ray. <laughs> but no, the whole thing, like, and they just make a massively overly big deal of Lars. Too much. Um, which leads me to me, to me next. Um, Oh, shite, I suppose. Because um, we had like this unnecessarily big deal made of Lars by Triple H, by Stephanie, by everyone. Then we had, um, and this is only a matter, this is me not liking Jeff, but bef- you know, before the brawl, as the brawl kicked off, Jeff was the one taking it to Lars Sullivan, coming at him, going for him, which sets up for their match that was coming up after the, after the ad breaks, obviously. But um, like, I'm just there looking at it like, yeah, okay, Jeff, you, we know that you're going to end up being the fucking underdog through the rest of the match because that's who you are that's what you do so it to me it felt a little bit out of character him, him being the one who's taking it to the also big it made perfect sense that they would put the guy who's taking it to the smackdown star being the guy who's just being drafted to raw <laughs> it's like okay makes sense. Makes <laughs> that does sense. make a lot of sense so um so we move on to the to the lars jeff match and to be honest, Carl, and I message, I'm actually looking at my messages now to 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 because I want to point out how stupid this fucking is, right? Uh, where are we? So we had Lars Sullivan come out and have his match with Jeff, and the match itself was probably what it was. And I'm trying to find me count now, but basically, we had Michael Cole and Corey. And I've mentioned this to you previously, Carl, before the podcast, but they done nothing but call him the freak because they really want us to remember that nickname. We had. I can't remember the exact total number, but in the space of 20 minutes, we had a freak every 30 seconds. I counted this shit, right? That's how often they were going, the freak, the freak, Lars Sullivan, freak, 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 right? And the pair of them were over on him. Now, traditionally, we get one one member of the, the, the commentating team doesn't like him and the other member loves him. Nope, they both fucking loved him. They both had such a hard-on for the man that I'm here, like, why are we getting this ram down our throats? And they're telling us unrealistic things. They're telling us things like he's like, He's such an abnormal. Uh, this is why we call him a freak. He's so abnormal athlete for a guy his size, six foot three. Yeah, okay, he's six foot three, and uh, three hundred pounds or whatever he is. Oh, and he's he's just so athletic for his size. And like that's exactly how you describe Keith Lee. So he's not a freak, is he? He's he's one of one of two so far, right? And then he in the match he does this sort of. And I'm not going to knock him for going to the top rope because he is a big guy, but he went to the top rope and he done just a, a basic splash. He fell, landed on his chin because Jeff rolled out of the way, and that was that. And then, oh my God, this guy is going to the top rope, and I'm like, well, we've seen Brock do a shooting star, uh, shooting star press, sorry. So yeah, like, why is it a big deal that Lars has done it? Like, it, it, Brock did something a lot more athletic and a lot more dangerous. All right, he nearly killed himself for Kurt. Okay, but he did it so many times before where it wasn't a problem. This isn't the first time a big guy's gone to the top rope. Right? I think though, I think the thing that tickles me is like, he's not even a big guy. It's not a guy his size. He's like five eleven <laughs> wide. It's like really, <laughs> like Jeff Hardy was towering over him, and like you said before. You only like him because you met him, Carl. Like, I am short as shit, right? I'm like 5'8 at a push, right? 
And Jeff Hardy towered over me. And you can see the pictures somewhere on our social medias of me meeting him. That's true. And like, yeah. I, I come up just like not much past his shoulder. But Jeff's only about fucking six foot, like neat. Do you know what I mean? And he was t- he was almost towering over Lars at one point. So yeah, I know. I, don't get it. I know. I know. WWE have got a history of embellishing people's heights. Like they always exaggerated Undertaker's a little bit and so on. <laughs> Uh, and they had people wearing well, apparently Adam Cole is about five six, is uh, like six foot one or something, yeah. yeah. So, um, because they keep lying to us about heights, like Lars has to be six three now, but he's not. And for me, when you've got Braun on the same show that night, and I know they didn't make them stand together because that would have been too obvious, like you can't push how abnormally freakishly big this guy is, it just doesn't, it doesn't. No, I thought it was funny, you're lying to me face. It's, I don't, I feel like they didn't make Jeff. And him stand together in the whole match. I feel like Jeff, Jeff was just on his ass and on his yeah. Back there was always like fly, splashy. There was never like whatever, them yeah. two stood like stood up side by side. It just didn't happen. So <laughs> I feel like they are. Jeff, can you when you when you do stand in front of him, can you crouch a little? <laughs> yeah, like Lars but, um, just in platforms. <laughs> and especially okay. for a man who is basically the controversy magnet at the moment because he won't keep his fucking fingers off his fucking phone or his dick. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, um, I'm surprised WWE is still going so fucking hard in with it and being like, he's the freak, he's just amazing, he's the best thing. Oh my god, we signed him to SmackDown. Like, so no bad. one cares. So no bad. one cares. Yeah. So yeah, wasn't over on that at all. Um, this one, I'm curious how you feel about this because this isn't really an no shite. It's just one that puzzled me. Michael Cole stated on this SmackDown, this, this is the first time ever the Universe title has been defended on SmackDown. Like, is that true? Like, if I so, really hope it's not because that's they have sad. not had any fight. Like Drew on Raw every fucking week is like, do you know what? I fancy a challenge. Come on, you bastards! And, exactly, you know, and I'm someone. like, that's shocking. It's you. It's your biggest title. How has it not been defended? Oh, oh, sorry. I do know why it's not been defended. Goldberg had it. <laughs> that is true. If you look, at, if you look at people who've held that title, then it kind of makes more sense to be fair. Yeah, but yeah, that to me just that statement was a shocker. It's like, really. It's never been defended on SmackDown, like ever. Well, there you go. Apparently, that's true. <sighs> right. And we alluded to it before, but let's go into it a little bit again. Um, Seth Rollins isn't isn't going up against the Mysterio. Well, let's rectify that as quick as we possibly can. What do we get, Carl? We get the Mysterio's getting involved. We get Murphy coming down to help Seth. Oh, no, he's not. He's going to attack Seth. And then he's going to try and shake the hands of Dominic and Ray and get rejected. Why do we insert all of them? Just just because they don't like Seth, do they? I hate it so much. Like, so, aren't they meant so to be much. the good guys? Why are they going like? I... <laughs> and like, like you know, Murphy came out, made the save effectively, and like you know, made Rollins fuck off, and he's there holding the sands out, and they're like, yeah, no, you want to, don't want to shake your hand. And it's like, <laughs> what? Like, Mysterio's came off as being just fucking bitter pricks. The thing is, like, this is the thing, like, and I, I kind of understand Ray a little bit because it's like, well, I, su- I suppose Murphy was the guy who initially put your eye into the step. But, like, at the same time, you've kind of had more than enough payback on that because Murphy, Murphy, Murphy has, took a beating, <laughs> has took a beating from you guys consistently for a while now to the, to the point that, like, before she decided to fancy him, you know, Leah was beating the shit out of him with a kendo stick. So everyone's <laughs> like, the whole family, before. the whole family treated him like a big piñata and beat the yeah. shit out of him. So... <laughs> Not aren't, to, we, aren't we even not to go there with the Mexican stereotypes, but sorry, you know, yeah, absolutely, was, yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, although I've heard that joke before, that wasn't even mine. Um, but yeah, like for me, I'm just like, 
I don't get why this had to be included. I was all on board for Brian and Seth, as I mentioned, and this mm. inclusion just to further them. I, I don't even think Seth's actually technically involved. I think they're just furthering this whole myth. Why can't I say his name? Myth. Murph. The whole thing Murph. with Buddy trying to. Um, Not my buddy guy. Trying to become friends with them because he wants to like sleep with a girl significantly younger than him. I think that's the storyline, right? I think that's pretty much where we're going. Yeah. 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 Okay. So um, yeah. So I wasn't over with that. Um, my last Oshite was um, again not necessarily an Oshite, but I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, the at some point in SmackDown, they cut over to Jay Glazer, the Fox Insider, to discuss uh, SmackDown for some reason and the draft picks. No, like, Jay, right? Jay? Who fucks the Fox Insider? No, why have we got this as a thing? Why is he stood on like? Why is he treating it like football to the point that it was even like a fake football pitch thing? He was stood on with the lines. Like, are you normally a football correspondent and you just kind of fill in time? I don't understand what this like, was. That's what happened. Like, <laughs> and who gives a shit? What? No offense, but who gives a shit? What you think about the draft picks? They've happened now. True. Very true. Yeah. So that was a bit weird. late on that one. So, um, do you want to? I know you've got a couple of notes here, Carl. I wanted to mention about certain appearances from certain stars. Um, do you do you have any other notes before I do that? Or so I think I've spoken about most of them. The only other one um, was just a really like fucking pernickety one for me was they kept talking about this being the whole new season premiere of SmackDown and like they updated the whole, you know, opening fucking segment video and everything. Yeah, we had Seth in there for now. Yeah. We had Seth in his fucking shield gear. Um, of course. <laughs> you know, we had <laughs> like, we had Roman Reigns being like, hoorah, and punching the floor. And it was like, really? <laughs> like, this is your season premiere? You've just changed a load of your characters and this is what you do? Like, fine. You may have had these, like, video stock footage, like, in the in the fucking archive somewhere, but surely you would just get them to do something that was more relative. So that was just a bit more of a me being bitchy, but it just it made me laugh. Oh, yeah, I was watching it going, oh, season premiere, that's old, that's old. Yeah, he hasn't done that in forever. Well, he's wearing that. He hasn't wore that in about two years. So that was my... Yeah. No, it makes know, a lot of sense. You no, I'm, I, I, yeah, I'm, I get you. Like you say, a bit more uh, production maybe, given that this is your season. So what I didn't like, Carl, was um, they had some mention before SmackDown that certain legends were going to be appearing, certain people were going to appear. And one that really pissed me off, and I heard about this before SmackDown, was Goldberg's going to be appearing. And Goldberg made a statement himself saying, I'm going to be very interested in the, the title match. It's like, you stay the fuck away from the title, you big old cunt. Right? <laughs> but <laughs> what annoyed me even more. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Carl. You fuck off, you big old cunt. <laughs> Sorry, love that. So, um... <laughs> What annoyed me even more was the fact that these people were literally phoning it in to the point that this was not any appearances at all, in actual fact. This was clickbait at its best, where they're like, tune in, you're going to see some legends. And they were watching the show as well because they appeared on the Thunderdome screens. That's right. We saw the legendary Jeff Jarrett on one of the screens. We saw Bree and Birdie on one of the screens. We saw Ric Flair on one of the screens. We saw Mark Henry on one of the screens and we saw Goldberg on one of the screens and weirdly not officially mentioned by WWE or by the commentary team. We saw Keith Lee in there as well for some reason. Now, oh, really? Yeah. Just randomly, like, yeah, he was one of the screens. I don't know whether, but the trouble is you never know whether that's some sort of troll on the internet, putting him <laughs> up on the fucking screen yeah. or what you just don't know anymore. Like, like a couple of things, like to me, I thought that the, the brain birdie thing was, was fine. It made sense. That it was worked. probably the best. Yeah. The best use, so I can't shit on that one too much. Mark yeah, Henry was fucking driving in his car. 
you see him, he's just not like... watching TV, Mark. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> you gonna kill a guy? Like what are you what are you doing? Like is it is it, is this how fucking is this how low you've you've come to get stars on your show? It's like, um yeah, Mark, are you available? No, I'm I'm making a cross country drive. Can you do it anyway? I mean I can. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Watch out guys, this is gonna get dicey. But um yeah, I, to me this just is so lazy, like and the fact like Goldberg, right, if you're only gonna have your little face on the screen, just keep your mouth shut then. I, I, I don't care. Like, watch it like the rest of us then. Like, mm. I, I kind of get it with Jeff Jarrett and Ric Flair. Like, they probably, like, it, it would it have been a massive, massive deal that they have rocked up on SmackDown fully. Maybe Rick, to be honest. But um, I'm fine with it. You know, they're, they're old. They, you know, they're probably in the recliners you know, with the weathers or whatever. So they don't want to go out. And I get that, you know. <laughs> the weathers. I love this. So, Anyone uh, listening from our USA contingent, have they got weathers over there? Yeah, was that yeah. even a... Yeah, did that work? Anyway, it's yeah. Like a, so, it's like an old school, old man, toffee candy. Yes. Check it out. It sounds amazing. I've done a great job. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I digress and got a little bit bitchy there. But yeah, I, for me, the, the whole idea of like, oh, who's going to appear on SmackDown this week? And it could just be someone on a fucking LED screen. Just kind of annoying. Like, don't, don't market that. Don't use that. Keeping us guessing, Anthony. Keeping, Keeping us, us guessing. guessing. Uh, yeah, so I just needed to moan about that for a sec as well. <laughs> but that being said... The further away Goldberg stays from the title picture, the better. Yeah. In, in no way, and this is no offense to Goldberg, right? But there is no way your insertion into the title scene could be a good thing at this point. <laughs> it's beneficial to all. anybody but yourself. I don't even mind if Roman Reigns ultimately has a match with you at some point, as long as Roman Reigns goes over and you don't insist that you win because you're Goldberg, um, <laughs> which happens. But, um, oh, shit. It'll happen again, won't it? He insisted on beating the Fiend because the bad guy shouldn't win. Roman's oh, the bad shit. guy. Don't don't have a match with Roman, please. For the sake of all things, good. It's the <laughs> only good thing like, on SmackDown. Like, it. Please that, don't that would be the like fucking culmination of everything, wouldn't it? To be from a point where we were like, please don't have Roman versus Goldberg. That would be terrible. We'd have to have fucking you know, Roman would have to go over and no one would like it, blah, 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 to, okay, please don't have Roman versus Goldberg because we don't want Goldberg to go over Roman. Like, what a fucking, what a, what a yeah. year. But the thing is, right, there was a time when Spear versus Spear was, it was bookable. At that WrestleMania, mm-hmm. funnily enough, I don't give a shit about Spear versus Spear now. Roman's past all that. Mm. He's a totally different character now. The only way this would work for me is if Goldberg rocks up to have that match they never had. And he chokes him out the same way he choked Braun out to prove his dominance. Yeah. I don't want to spear. You never see Goldberg again. In fact, I think it'd be a better troll to the audience that there's not a single spear from Roman and he just chokes him out. Like, and that's, again, nothing against Goldberg. I just think it'd be a funny way to book it to sort of mm. to subvert our expectation. But uh, anyway, just don't have the match. As far as ratings go, Carl, um, I didn't give it one. It's a, it's a three for me. It was, um, it was okay. It was mostly... Held on the shoulder. Yeah, no. Two and a half. It was two and a half for me. Because um, that was the more to think about it, I'm more like, I can't give it the same as Dynamite. That's not right. Two and a half. And that was largely on the shoulders of enjoying the Roman stuff. Like that, that was a, um, had a massive. I feel like you've become a massive Roman mark. Like, I like it because it means what they've done has been successful at the same time. It's it's proof that it (laughs) works. I have, like, this, I, I hate when. It sounds petty, and it's not like I went out of my way to dislike Roman when I say this. I hate when WWE tell me how I should feel. Mm. And when they're telling me Roman's the best thing ever and you should love Roman, it annoys me even more, especially when Roman 
the character at the time was kind of boring. And to be fair to Roman, he, he's even said he was doing his job. He turned up, WWE told him to do this, and he, he did his job. And I get that. And he did his job to the best of his ability. But when you're told you have to be the face and you have to be like this guy, and in all fairness, his mic skills, he, he's, he's a much better heel, but his mic skills at the time when he was having like weird banter with Big Show, like telling a story about giants and stuff, and you're like, what? the fuck is this how's this mic work um it just it, i don't know I, I was never a fan but he always you, i can't as much as i probably didn't admit it at the time you can't deny he always had some potential there and i feel like this is the realization of that potential and i i wouldn't be a true fan if i just carried on hating him because it's popular to hate him like i have to acknowledge the the like the absolute awesome return he's had and the work he's done so yeah yeah i'm a mark <laughs> Well, thanks, Mark. Um, <laughs> for my for my rating this week, um, I'm only giving it a two you because bitch. I felt <laughs> I just I don't know I felt it was built up far more than what was actually delivered. Like no, that is a really good point. I feel like I mean the new day was the new day. Lars, like I don't I fucking hate Lars. I'm like Jeff. I'm not really that over him anyway. Um, the only kind of standout to me was Daniel Bryan and Seth, their little feud, um, and the Braun Roman stuff. Like even the Sasha and Bailey stuff, which we kind of glossed over. Glossed over because it didn't fucking matter. We're gonna exactly, match. That was good, good for you. Exactly. But even then, it was like, well, I'm not signing the contract. It's like, oh, for, for just for, for fuck's sake. You know what I mean? It was just, <laughs> it was a bit. I would love one of them. You have a contract signed, and they're like, I'm not. And it's like, the other part, the other person just goes, oh, for fuck's sake. Just sign the fucking thing. <laughs> exactly. We all know you're so, going to do it. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it was, um, it did not feel like a season premiere. It was far too cheesy at times. Although I am very keen to see Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan, and I am like Roman. So I will say a. Two for me um, is fair. I like it. Well, guys, that was this week in wrestling. And that is the end of our scripted portion.